Would you like to live a healthier, happier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Vetter as he introduces you to cultures of health and healing. Get ready now to try out some healing beliefs and practices from far and wide. Here's the host of your show, Robert Vetter. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here for part two with Dr. Gabrielle Francis, the rock and roll doctor. And we're here today to continue where we left off yesterday, which was talking about her own personal journeys to many, many different countries and different cultures to try to explore non-Western healing practices, which are really at the heart of what this program is all about. So, Gabrielle, you told us in our last episode about what led you to the other cultures, but I'd like to know a little bit about some of these experiences, what they were like, who you met along the way, and what they taught you. Sure, Bob. I mean, this is my favorite subject to talk about, and it's basically the focus of all my travels is, um, you know, and, and I started this pretty young. and. Um, you know, kind of just would drop in into a country with no, with a backpack, no um, hotel reservation, <laughs> and no information whatsoever about the culture, except maybe a little bit of what I learned in Lonely Planet. And, you know, one thing I really find overall about these traditional cultures is that there's a, there's a, there's a, um, a lot of ways that healing intersects in a culture. So one thing is I definitely like to enter a culture um, during a festival. So for example, going to Oaxaca for Day of the Dead. When you enter during a festival, you can see the way that healing intersects. And the places that I've seen healing intersect are through the foods and the food rituals and the customs around the food. A lot of that is often very much part of the healing, the actual spiritual pilgrimage or the holiday usually has a spiritual undertone that brings people together for this. There's the healing system. For example, if we were still on Mexico, we have curanderismo. Or if you were in India, you would have Ayurveda. In that system, you have the actual healers themselves, whether they're shaman, curanderos, gurus. Um, there's a different type of healer that performs that medicine. And then there's also music that's part of the healing and a lot of the beauty customs and rituals. So what I see when I go to a culture is the way all of these things intersect together to tell a story about that culture. And there's usually a theme in every culture. So for example, in Oaxaca, what I found was the theme is all of these things intersect around the theme of ancestors and how the ancestors are with us forever and they're part of us. And it's a very potent theme in that particular culture. And say I go to Morocco, and Morocco I see that the theme all has to do around the tribe 
in Morocco, everything about the group is greater than the individual. And so I see these themes and the way things intersect. And I just think it's also beautiful because when you enter the culture to study the healing, you're just getting a depth about the people and the place and what the soul of people is there. And I find that in these cultures, people are so humble and warm and open to sharing, you know. Um, and it's, it's just been the biggest gift of my life. But I do have to say that when you go to these places, you have to kind of go humble and with an open heart and without judgment, because a lot of times we think things are right and wrong and the way we look at things, but they're very different there. And I um, go with the experience or the intention that I am an apprentice that is here to learn and be healed. Because if I go in there with the attitude that I know more than you, if not more than you, <laughs> um, they will shut down and I won't get the benefit of learning from them, you know? Beautiful. So what you've described really well, I think, is uh, is the way to go into another culture. And certainly within the my background, which is the field of anthropology, we have this notion of cultural relativism, that in order to learn about another culture, that we have to leave behind our preconceptions about uh, what the correct way is to live, that that yeah. culture can only be evaluated in its own terms, not through ours. And, and that certainly is important whenever we leave the boundaries of our own culture. Yeah. So you described a, a really very well, I think, an attitude to go into another culture with. I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about some specific things from a culture or two. Um, I, what I really mean is a, a technique. So, for example, I know that you went to Guatemala and learned abdominal massage. That would be one example. Am I right? Yeah. So one of my adventures was the Ruta Maya, and I spent um, several months traveling through Mexico, Guatemala, and Belize um, on what they call the Ruta Maya, which is following the Mayan um, the Mayan temples and pyramids. And, you know, um, I guess I give off the energy of a healer. So for some reason, I'm always end up as being attracted to the healers, but I'll go into a cafe, start talking to people, go to a market, tell them I'm a doctor from the US. Next thing you know, they're bringing out the curanderas. And the curanderas are the lady healers and midwives. And one thing led to another when I was on the Ruta Maya, and I quickly learned that there was this famous technique called the Mayan abdominal massage that I needed to learn about. So I actually learned about the Mayan abdominal massage from several people in Guatemala and in the Mayan region of Mexico. And then I made it to Belize, where the famous Rosita Arvigo is, and she has a a little center in Belize. And Rosita was very um, powerful teacher for me because she's a Western napropath that came to the um, to Central America and studied with 
uh, one of the oldest shaman in Belize, but she actually brought the Mayan massage into a way to the West. So I did her training as well, but I had also done it with a lot of other curanderas in the region. And it's been the most profound thing that I've ever learned as far as how it could help women. I call it ancient wisdom for the modern woman because it's a massage technique that realigns the uterus and the ovaries. And it can be used for any female imbalance from PMS to menopause to cysts, fibroids, um, urinary tract infections, and the list goes on. So it's been a very powerful thing in my treatment with women. And uh, basically a year after I learned it, I came, brought it back to my practice in San Francisco. And within a year, I was considered a fertility specialist. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I think there's too many people in the world. How did I become a fertility specialist? But that was put me on a journey of being in fertility. <laughs> so it's been very, it was been amazing to learn that. Um, most recently I've been, and in every culture I've learned so much, I couldn't even, that's going to be another book and maybe even a TV show, but most recently um, turning to the roots of the Americas through curanderismo and the shamanism of the high Andes where you, Bob, introduced me to Lorenzo and Curanderismo. And even though I've spent so much time in Central America, to be immersed in Curanderismo through Lorenzo and through such a soulful practitioner and all the wonders of that. And then Dr. Alberto Veloto, who's also an anthropologist, introduced me to the prophecy keepers of the high Andes who I am currently apprenticing with as well and learning their wisdom. So those are the most recent things. So let's, let's go back over the, your personal history. You know, you've gone to all of these cultures and I'm curious to know if there's any sort of a, a takeaway from one or more of those cultures. So we, we often, think about the philosophy underlying a healing system, but what do we do with it? In other words, and we're going to cover some of this in the third part of our series, where we're going to look at what you're doing now, but what's a, what's a takeaway or two about these insights from other cultures about knowing what it is to be healthy? Um, in general, you know, we can look at Western culture as looking at what's wrong with you. We, we right. find a symptom, we try to get rid of it. But in non-Western societies, there's much more of an emphasis on what wellness is. Let's understand what it is to be a healthy, well-balanced person. And what, what is a takeaway or two that you get from all of these non-Western ways? Well, um, they see healing not just as a physical thing, okay? In the West, we look at healing of the body. Um, in those cultures, the body, mind, and spirit are all one. And so the language and the healing all involves healing all of it. You can't heal the spirit without healing the mind and the body too. And so that whole language, they also look at the person's um, place in society. 
and the family and the societal relationships around them. So the healing, you are a healing an individual in the context of their culture and society. And often the society is part of the healing of an individual. It's where their people aren't left alone, okay? And so I think that's a big important thing to think about is that it's really a body, mind, and spirit. But one thing is that whenever I just, this is just a little bit more broader and people that are on their own healing path, they're going into cultures to learn healing, whether it's healing or a spiritual tradition or a physical technique is to go in, like a lot of people think that if you don't believe everything about what you're learning, it's not valid. Um, like I said, I believe that the healing we're on and the learning that we're on is an adventure. And we go in, we t look at things non-judgmentally, we take the parts that feel right inside of us. We'll end up touching other people or being able to heal other people because they'll be attracted to us for that information. But just because you don't resonate with everything doesn't mean that it's all not good for you, right? And that it's okay to have a dynamic flow in the personal path to healing and in the personal path to spiritual discovery. You don't have to get stuck in one paradigm and it doesn't fit anymore and then it's all bad and then we move on to something completely different. I really believe that we everything touches us. It's part of our journey and adventure and that um, it makes us who we are and it's a constant flow and a journey really you know beautiful i i want to turn back to the way that we began this session where you talked about the intersection of a number of things that that really had to do with the aesthetics of a culture mm -hmm. and i appreciate that from the experiential part that that you started by saying that you like to go to a festival and that these different aspects of life come together where music comes together with food with healing all of these practices these different elements of culture coming together at that time and i was wondering if you could give us an example of that from your travels yeah, so for example, um, I heard about the Ganawa Festival, which was, I never even knew what Ganawa was, but Ganawa is a, um, it's a music from Morocco. And um, I, there was this music festival, and I'm like, music festival, Ganawa, um, you know, I'm going. And I didn't know anything about it, never went to Morocco. And what I learned when I got there is that Ganawa is a, intersection of the West African religion with Islam, much like voodoo in, the, um, in, the, in New Orleans, which is a mixture of West African with Catholicism. When the West African slaves were being brought to the New World, they brought them to Morocco. They started to mix with the Moroccans, and this whole sect of a, a Sufi blues cult came out of it. So a spiritual tradition that revolved around music and dancing. This was right up my alley. So there's the festival, and the festival is a giant trance festival where people are going into these states of spiritual and, and emotional healing through trance. And 
I learned while I was there um, about argon oil, you know, so it, the village for producing argon oil is just um, not that far away from there. And so I went to that village and I learned about, you know, the tradition around the harvesting of argon oil, which is a food and a beauty cultural remedy. And then, you know, everywhere I was in Morocco, I was connected to these big bands of people that were all long distant relatives and friends. And I just really got to feel that Moroccans are very tribal and that everything that they do, they think about for the bigger group. And so, you know, I went there for a festival, but I was opened up to their world of their food, their beauty, their music. The healers, which were the, considered the ma'alam or the lead singer of the, um, the ganala music, is considered the healer. And so, you know, that is how it goes everywhere. You know, you enter, you start to just be open to the experience. You ask, where are the healers and the musicians? And most of the time, they're the same people. <laughs> That's my favorite part. And... Um, the adventure goes from there. Well, you've convinced me. You painted a beautiful picture with words about that experience. And I'd love to go there and experience it myself. <laughs> so thank you so much, Gabrielle, for this second installment. Thank you, Bob. This is fun. Listeners, please join us for our third session where Gabrielle will talk about the work that she does now with some ideas about having optimal health and enjoying your life in the process. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Cultures of Health and Healing with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe and rate this show and share it with others. Until next time, remember, your health and healing matter, and you can find your own unique path to optimum wellness.